What's up everyone? Josh here with another episode of Driver Kansas City. And this week has been an exciting week. Not for anything happening in my life, no. It is the uh, very exciting if you don't actually listen to any of it and don't really care how it plays through for the most part. The whole like FTC versus uh, Microsoft court battle that's currently going on this week. I'm not a lawyer. I don't really understand some of the arguments that um, at least the FTC is trying to make. Um, and I don't particularly like going on the internet to see what everyone's saying because too often it seems that it's just a whole bunch of uh, console warring business going on. And people want what's best for their console choice, uh, defending businesses more so than the idea of consolidation or what is uh, maybe lost on certain consumers. And so, you know, I'm ready for the whole thing to be over with. At this point, I don't really care what happens. I just want it to be over with. I don't want to hear any more about it. Just let it be done. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Not necessarily the battle itself, because like I said, I, I'm kind of done talking about that. But this week has been very exciting in terms of secrets because throughout this week we have been getting dumps of some of the court papers and whatnot uh, that are being presented there in court um, and today and I think maybe yesterday as well some of that stuff that was supposed to be redacted and protected was not redacted and protected very well uh, for example, Sony had a bunch of their stuff printed out uh, with basically just a Sharpie uh, scribbled over some of the things they didn't want people to know, which doesn't exactly work very well when scanned in and everything. So you could actually tell what some of the things that they were trying to hide were saying. And so stuff like this gives people an interesting look behind the curtain of what goes on in the industry. Uh, so this is the stuff I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about like all the secrets and stuff, um, all the special stuff that's coming out of this, and less so about the actual acquisition itself. Uh, so for example, we have learned that Microsoft is doing lots of research on who they want to acquire. Um, at least back in, I think it was 2019 is when uh, some of these studios and stuff were being presented as considerations and possibilities. Um, so as we know, they end up trying to shoot for Activision, um, but some of the other ones that they had in place that they were thinking of trying for, or maybe they were in talks with, um, Sega, 505 Games, Focus Home Interactive, Paradox Interactive, uh, I think I saw Square Enix was one of them, and so, 
they were doing their due diligence of looking at other publishers as well. Um, I think part of their core case right now is that they are trying to say it's more of a noble thing. Uh, but if you look back at some of this other stuff, it seems to be more of a... <laughs> excuse me. You don't really see a whole lot of them talking about mobile in a lot of the earlier stuff. It does seem to be a lot of uh, more Game Pass um, things in particular. But, I mean, I think at least with Sega and Square Enix, you can kind of... They don't really say where along the line that that stuff fell through, assuming they ever really got too far in the first place, but it does kind of explain some of the push that those publishers got on a Game Pass. Um, as we know, like a bunch of the Yakuza stuff came through, um, Persona, um, you know, Square Enix, there's a whole big thing about like all the Final Fantasy games coming out and all that, and so I'm wondering if that kind of Game Pass push uh, was because of all those talks to try and uh, inch their way into acquiring said publishers. Um, so yeah, it doesn't seem like Activision was possibly on their radar originally, or maybe it's just the one that you know they succeeded in or the one they were most excited to go with. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the only one they were contemplating. Um, but they also had something revealed, which... I don't know if this was someone's fault or not, but all of these things were not redacted or protected at all. It was just out there in the open. And then literally just a few hours before I'm recording this now, they went back and hid everything, they redacted all that information, and then I guess they just deleted it entirely or something. I'm not sure what they're doing over there, um, but it seems that whoever is in charge, either at Sony and Microsoft, or someone um, at the FTC, or uh, I don't know, but someone seems to be screwing up the redaction process over there, and um, it's kind of good for our uh, curiosity at the very least, but, you know, they had, Microsoft had so many things coming out about, like, these were the studios they were looking into. Um, I guess on their, they had, like, a watch list of um, a set number of um, developers, and I don't, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but it seems that, um, you know, Ember Labs the team behind Kenna Bridge of Spirits was one of them they were watching. Um, Hello Games, who does like No Man's Sky. Team Cherry, the team behind Hollow Knight. Uh, Ghost Ship Games, which Emmett will scream to high heaven that he would be happy about. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic team right there. Um, Hazelight Studios, the ones who did A Way Out and It Takes Two. Uh, a more recent one with Striking Distance Studios, who did... Callisto Protocol, um, and then even ones like that made the final list, such as IO Interactive, Zynga, no, Zynga didn't make the final list, that was another publisher they were talking about for mobile at the very least, um, Bungie, <laughs> you know, funny how that ended up turning out, uh, Bungie was on their final list of, con you know, contemplating 
acquiring uh, Supergiant Games was on there as well, along with Thunderful. And of all that, we know that while they haven't been acquired, we did learn that IO Interactive does have a exclusive game coming out for Xbox called Project Dragon. That was also something <laughs> discovered during this week. Um, there's been a lot of like small stuff this week from like the court case and whatnot. Uh, Outer Worlds 2 is supposedly uh, possibly going to come out on PlayStation 5, even though it's uh, as of right now just announced as a console exclusive to Xbox. So I'm thinking that was partially done as just a like. You know, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to put that on PlayStation 2, you know, wink, wink, whatever. So I don't really take that as a full confirmation, but that was something said. Uh, they say uh, Bobby Kodak was on the stand today and mentioned something about the next Switch uh, successor being on par with like PS4 and Xbox One specs. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, just like little things here and there. Uh, found out that Microsoft spent $117 million on acquiring Ninja Theory. Um, <laughs> the game Indiana Jones that is in the works was supposed to be multi-console until Microsoft acquired Bethesda. And after they did that, uh, they were able to rework the contract and make it a fully console exclusive uh, for them and PC. So just like little things like that, that has me more interested in what's happening this week than the actual like court case itself. Um, but in terms of like other acquisitions, they had a list of like 100 plus studios that they were talking about inquiring, uh, which is just insane. Insane that you would be going through like that many studios because you know good and well that they're probably going to see some of these through still. But now that Sony has seen them as well, it makes you wonder if Sony's going to try and swoop in and steal them, you know? I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm curious to see what all happens from there. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of, like, some of the juicy stuff on the Microsoft side that has come out this week. Sony has had some stuff, too. Um, whoever is supposed to be hiding that stuff and the emails and everything... Um, has been doing a very poor job. Um, you know, there was the talk about the email showing that uh, Jim Ryan doesn't think that Call of Duty is uh, going to be a threat if it's exclusive. Um, find out that's mostly just they're just going to fight back, which of course they are. Uh, they're just doing it just to try and throw a wrench in Microsoft's plans, which understandable as a business, but you know, it's kind of leads to all this and whatever, just 
you know Jim Ryan doesn't really care about the fan base. He just cares about the money. Same with Phil Spencer. No matter how good Phil Spencer tries to make himself out to be, bottom line is he's a businessman. And some of the emails that have come out as well have kind of shown that. Uh, for example, he wasn't sure if Xbox games should be out on Game Pass day one, if I remember right. And it was, I think, Matt Booty who was like, no, we've got to do it. We've got to put that out like that. Um, so it seems like a lot of the stuff that Phil Spencer has come out and gotten credit for was stuff that he was not originally for behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, some people, you got to stop putting them on pedestals. Just because they wear a gamer shirt underneath a, <laughs> underneath a little sports jacket, like, come on, they're still, they're still businessmen. They're trying to make money on their, on their systems and their company and, you know, Phil's just a little bit more like <laughs> Jim Ryan. I can't stand Jim Ryan. Man. And if you heard his court case today, oh, oh, it was brutal. No, that was yesterday. It was brutal. Felt like I could have done better than he did. But yeah, anyways, Sony had some stuff come out too. Um, for example, we found out um, kind of an idea of how much some of their AAA games are costing. Uh, for example, they had uh, basically noted in one of the redacted information that Horizon Forbidden West, um, I think it was noted for five-year development and cost $212 million dollars and was being made by 300 employees. Similar thing, The Last of Us 2 was also noted in there, said to have cost 220 million with 200 employees working on it. And I think that was a six year cycle, if I remember right. And it just goes to show that these development cycles, the cost of AAA gaming, like all of this sort of stuff, it cannot possibly be feasible in the long run. Like, I know people love their big, expensive, pretty-looking games. I am ready for games to try and start dialing it back. I don't need 20 to 40-hour adventures in open-world, you know, settings. I, give me a good 10-hour solid game. No fluff. Um, interesting world that feels more streamlined and detailed based on not being so spread thin, that's the kind of experience I want. I don't need five-year development cycles. I don't need 200 employees. Break that up. Make games two every three years. Cut the cost in like a third or in half. I'm fine with that. I don't mind those kind of games. Some people do. But man, I don't. If I find out a game is like 40 plus hours long, the odds are, unless it's like a big sprawling uh, role-playing game, I'm probably not going to play it. I will probably avoid it, just because of the length of the time it takes. But, speaking of time, uh, we found out some Call of Duty information too, as well, from PlayStation. Especially in terms of money and time put into it. Um, we found out that in 2021 that uh, we found out that 
14 million people spend at least 30% of their time during the year playing Call of Duty. 6 million of... I don't know if it's of the 14 million or if this is an additional 6 million on top of it. But 6 million, maybe more, um, spend at least 70% of the year playing Call of Duty. And then they even had an average breakdown saying that um, Call of Duty players spend an average of 116 hours a year playing it. While those who are on the like 70% of the time playing put in almost an average of 300 hours a year playing Call of Duty. Insane. I don't think I could ever put that much time into one single game. But it's also a pretty good indicator of just how big that game is and why Sony is using that as a talking point uh, as poorly as they're doing it <laughs> uh, in terms of a defense. Why they're using that as a top selling point as to fear of Xbox making it exclusive, especially because they kind of broke down money. Um, they said that, again, supposed to be redacted, but $800 million in revenue was made in 2021 from Call of Duty alone. And that was just the U.S. If you factor in global, they made $1.5 billion from Call of Duty. And then they also had something in those saying that from 20. 19 to 2021, they made, it, it was kind of difficult to know, to know for sure, um, reading the numbers wasn't as easy, um, but it could have been anywhere from 13 to 15 billion dollars uh, made from Call of Duty by those players through hardware, accessories, um, subscriptions, all that kind of stuff. Sony made close to 15 billion dollars from that insane absolutely insane numbers but Call of Duty is a behemoth it always has been well I can't say always it's, it's been a behemoth for a very long time um, and then just the last bit of information they said was that uh, half of their player base also owns a Switch, but less than 20% of their player base owns an Xbox based on internal surveys. And so I think one of the things that they should be trying to get across in the court case is that if Call of Duty is as big as they're making it out to be, there's a chance that that number there will change. That the people who are playing Call of Duty, which, as we said, is a hell of a lot of people might instead not get a PlayStation and instead go to Xbox. Which will drop not only console sales, but will drop a ton of revenue for Sony. And throughout this whole proceeding, they haven't focused on any of that. They have been doing such a poor job. And that's on them. <laughs> so if the FTC... If Sony end up losing all of this, they have only themselves to blame because they have been doing such a shoddy job at defending their whole argument. But anyways, I'm home. So I'm going to cut off driver Kansas City right there. 
Um, hopefully, if you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on in the court case, this little bit helps you out a little bit, uh, kind of understanding some of the some of the fun details coming out of it. So, uh, with that, I hope you all have a good rest of the week. Um, I think if I yeah, it's Fourth of July weekend here in America. I don't know how many uh, people out of the U.S. are listening to this, but if you're in the U.S., stay safe, don't blow your hands off, um, and yeah, I hope, I hope you all have a great time. Get some mental rest. Get a nice break. I know my wife and I are very much looking forward to it, even though I work at least three days next week when none of the rest of the plant does. Whole other complaint there, but whatever. So... Yeah, I hope you all take care, stay safe, and I will see you further down the road. I don't know what my catchphrase is going to be, my exit phrase. I'll figure something out. Take care. Bye. This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.TV.